Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, Debbie Harris with In Hot Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. So thank you guys for tuning in uh, for another episode of In Hot Pursuit. And today I want to talk to you um, from the topic, how to live a life of thanksgiving, okay? Um, I've been meaning to put this this podcast up. <laughs> um, and time just had kept getting away from me. So I just want to thank you guys first and foremost for taking the time to to listen and tune in today. We just got through celebrating Thanksgiving. And so hopefully you all had a great Thanksgiving, um, good food, good conversation and time spent with your family. So first, right out the gate, I just want to say Thanksgiving is not a one day occurrence. It's a way of living. Okay. And so I'm going to share with you three different points of views here or concepts. Um, I'm going to talk about um, the three, give you three points, really, you know, remember, reflect and rehearse. And remember we're again, we're talking about how to live a life of Thanksgiving. All right. Um, so we got to, you know, again, we want to remember, let's look at first Chronicles Chapter 16, verse 34. And that's pretty much going to be the main scripture reference for today. I may or may not give you some other scriptures today, <laughs> but that's going to be the main, the main one, the main place we're going to be parked at today. And let's look at um, what it says here. And I'm looking here in the Amplified Version, okay? It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. Man, it's a lot in that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And it, then it tells us why we should give God thanks, right? Because he is good. And then it goes on to tell us because his loving kindness, what, endures forever. Um. Man, the Bible tells us that God's mercy, what, endures forever. And so, uh, number one, you know, how to live a life of thanksgiving. We, we must first start by, you know, remembering, right? We want to remember, you know, we don't want to be forgetful. We don't want to allow the cares of this life the situations and circumstances of life to cause us to mischaracterize God and misappropriate his goodness. And, you know, there's things going on all the time around us. And I feel like, you know, goodness is something that we have to constantly fasten our eyes on. We constantly have to look for the good and hold fast to the good because the enemy of good 
is everything else that that's not good, right? Everything else that is going wrong in the world and in our lives and in society and in the economy is so easy for us to become fixated on the problems um, all around us. It's so easy for us to become consumed by the cares of this life that we start to forget and no longer remember. And one thing about the Israelites, it says, is that it said they forgot God, right? And so this is what caused them to wander in the wilderness and not possess the thing that God had promised to them because they began to forget about God's goodness and they, their hearts became hardened, right? They began to reside and, and, and you know, pit, pitch a tent, <laughs> take up residence. They allow murmuring and complaining to start hardening their hearts, but it hardened their hearts, what? Towards God. And they began to be so fixated on their discomfort and their discontentment that they begin to forget God. And so, um, it's so important that we remember. And so you probably are saying, how do we remember? How do we remember? Well, you got to keep track of what God has done. Right? Humility. Staying in a place in a posture of humility oftentimes helps us remember. Why? Because then we don't forget where we came from. I think when we allow pride and self-righteousness to take up residence in our heart, it's easy for us to forget, but if we continually, you know, practice thanksgiving, right, and gratitude, then we constantly are remembering where God, where we are now, but where also God has brought us from and what he's already done in our life and who he is and who he, he's always been, right, who he is and who he's always been, and so, I pay, I wrote this down. Remembering leaves no room for doubt. Okay. Remembering leaves no room for doubt. And that's why it's so important for us to take a posture of humility and to continually practice on a daily basis, giving thanks to God expressing that gratitude for God's mercy, for his kindness, for uh, salvation, for his redemption, for restoration, for reconciliation, for just his hand of protection, just for peace and, and sound mind. Um, we, there's so much, but you got to practice Thanksgiving because if you do not intentionally practice thanksgiving in your life, it's going to be easy for you to get to a place of mumbling and complaining. And that's, a, that's another telltale sign. If we find ourselves mumbling and complaining more than we find ourselves expressing thanksgiving and gratitude to God, then what we know is that we've allowed entitlement to take root. We, we've allowed 
resentment and bitterness and discontentment and discouragement and doubt and disbelief to take up residence where God should live. And God lives what in our hearts, but he also lives. We keep him alive by remembering him through thanksgiving. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and so again, remembering leaves no room for doubt. And back in the Old Testament, they used to set up memorials. Why? So that they could remember their encounter with God or what God had done in their life. And not only that, they were going to, you know, they put this memorial together so that they could revisit it, not just themselves, but their families and be able to teach their children, right, about God. And so this is so important. Like I said, we, we got to remember, we cannot become forgetful um, when it concerns the goodness of God. All right. Um, point number two, we want to reflect. Reflecting, what I wrote down here is intentionally setting your mind on a specific encounter and on specific encounters and events. Um, so we want to reflect on what the lessons, the journeys, the journey and the progress. Um, so when we reflect, we pinpoint God's activity, his intervention, his protection, his peace and his provision in our life. I love this scripture that says that we should think on these things, right? Think on those things that are good, report that are honest, uh, that are true. And so really it's saying, you know, really us reflecting and meditating on the word of God and seeing how that word has, has mani become manifested, right, in our life. Because the word is, is alive, right? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a discerner of the intent of our hearts. And so um, the word of God is active and it's alive. And we can see the workings of the word in our life. And so we got to begin to think on these things. We, we cannot become so consumed what's going on around us that we don't, that we stop making the word of God a priority in our life. And then we stop recognizing how that word has worked in our life, how that word has brought peace, how that word has brought restoration and healing and deliverance and how that word has worked miracles in our life. We got to begin to continue to reflect and something really powerful. The Bible says in, in, in Proverbs, it says that we should meditate what on the word day and night really is talking about uh, this idea of reflecting, right? Not, you know, <clears throat> we, we, we reflect on God's goodness, on his truth, on his character, right? His sovereignty, I always say that even in judgment, God is still merciful, right? I mean, it's us understanding the character of God. 
I think it's easy for us to become ungrateful and unthankful when we don't know the character of God, where we have mischaracterized God as this, you know, hard taskmaster, when we mischaracterize God and we, and when we begin to see him, you know, adversarially through the conditions that we're dealing with in, in the world. And so it's just so important um, that we reflect. And I like this saying that, you know, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. So us kind of understanding again, looking at the journey, looking at the progress, looking at the lessons, looking at how God has really changed us and renewed our mind and how he's changed our life. We got to begin to reflect, pinpoint uh, those times that God has kept us safe and kept us out of harm's way, right? Man, I mean, when we begin to reflect, we actually also begin to recall who he is in our lives, what he's already done, and who he continues to be, right? Mummering and complaining gives your problems, discomfort, and discontentment and discouragement a front seat while giving goodness a back seat. Okay? So a lot of times we start giving things a front seat in our life, giving things an audience in our life that should really have a back they it should it should it should have it should be in the back of the audience, not in the front. Right. It shouldn't have a front seat, you know, view, you know, in our life. And so we got to start looking at what are we giving an audience to? Right. And are we allowing things to sit in the front seat of our life that should be in the back? <laughs> and so once we start murmuring and complaining, uh, it gives it gives our problems discomfort and discontentment, discontent discouragement of front seat while putting God's goodness on the back seat. And this is, I, I believe this is what happened to the children of Israel when they got delivered out of Pharaoh's, you know, out of the bondage that they were in under Pharaoh and God does a miracle. I mean, man, he did a lot of things, a lot of signs so that they could know that it was him that, he was truly their deliverance, right? I mean, the different plagues that came um, before they were even set free. It was God's way of vindicating the people of Israel. Um, and they cried out in their distress, right? Um, in their hardship. And God heard them. And then God raises up Moses as their deliverer. And then God shows them you know, he vindicates them in such a way with different plagues and different things. And then he brings them out of Egypt and he causes them to, to cross the Red Sea on dry land, right? And he allowed the enemies to be drowned in the Red Sea, um, the enemies that <laughs> would not yield, you know, would not let them go even after seeing God's hand uh, of vindication, right? 
Um, and God works this miracle. He, you know, he raises up a deliverer, does all these plagues, miraculous, brings them out of Egypt. But then they go into the wilderness. Right. And sometimes that's where we lose it in the process. Of God taking us out of the thing that had us bound. Right. Had us blind. (laughs) You know, and now we're in process, right? That God is trying to work some of those things out of us that has been embedded in us because of the bondage that we were in. See, you know, God brings us out, but then he has to work on our character, work on our heart, work on different aspects of our life. Because while we were in bondage, some things got into us that... Some things got into us, got into our hearts, got into our spirits that are not like God. And God begins to process us. God begins to take us through this, um, you know, process. And in the middle of the process, sometimes if we're not careful, it's easy for us to become disgruntled. It's easy for us to start feeling like we're entitled to or as if God owes us something. It's, It's easy for us to in our discomfort because we're being changed. We're being transformed. Our our character is is, um, being molded and and refined and restructured. I mean, it's, we gotta be, we gotta be careful that we don't become hardened in the process, man. It's so important that we don't become, um, heartened in the process of God working on our hearts, you know, God reframing and renewing our minds, right? And it's easy for us to do because maybe we feel like we've been through enough that we shouldn't have to go through any more things that we should just be able to walk in and possess the promise, but that's not how it works. And so sometimes um, in the process, if we're not careful, we can become hardened. Okay. And so this is so important because, again, we're talking about how to live a life of thanksgiving. The Bible says that we need to guard our heart because out of our heart flows what the issues of life. And so, you know, we really got to take inventory as to really where we are We have to really be honest and authentic about some of our struggles and really, you know, casting those cares and really bringing those cares and laying those cares at the feet of Jesus. And not only that, but allowing saying, God, I don't want this thing that's in me. That's not like you. And. um, And just we just don't want to become forgetful. You know. Let's go to this last point here. So what what do we want to do? We want to remember. We want to reflect. And now what? We want to rehearse. Okay. Rehearse. Here's what I wrote down. Get into the rhythm of talking about God's goodness. Right. And sharing what God has done for you. Or has done in your life. And sharing that story with others. 
Um, and again, it goes back to it. It's going to help you remember. As you rehearse, you're going to remember. You, you know, you're recalling a thing that God has already done or what you've already, what's already been revealed to you about his character. Okay. We got to get into the place where we're, 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 we're givers and we're not just only standing in a seat of, of receiving. Um, you know, even lately I thought about this, you know, sometimes when we pray, we, you know, we got petitions and that's okay. But when we come to God, it should not be always with our hand out. You know, God is calling us to be generous people and the world has taught us to be really greedy and to only, you know, want to hoard things just for ourselves. And that's why I think giving thanks for people is foreign because we're in a culture where it's about me, where it's about what I can get. It's not about what I can give. And so God is saying, you know, so in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, it's about giving. It's not about just what you can get. It's about you having a generous spirit. And and a lot of that generousness shows up in from the beginning of us just starting just to give thanks and to show gratitude, right? Um and, I, and again, it's so easy for us to revert back to being greedy and just thinking, you know, what can I get instead of what can I give? Okay. It's just easy because we've been taught that mainly our whole life. And so when we come into the kingdom of God or we come in, we become followers of Jesus Christ and God is constantly telling us to give, Right. Give thanks, give to the poor, give to the needy, give. It's always out of our outside of ourself. And it does require sacrifice. It, it is a stretch, right? It is. But I think the more that we walk with God, the more we ought to want to be more like him. You know, one of the most powerful scriptures that we we kind of repeat, <laughs> but sometimes we kind of need to sit with for a while is John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life for God so loved the world that he gave. What did it mean? He loved humanity. He was willing to give his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son so that we wouldn't perish, that we wouldn't suffer eternal separation from God. I mean, what an act, what a selfless act, right? What what a what is such an act of an example of thanksgiving and gratitude. Like, we didn't do anything for God, but he did everything for us, right? And so it behooves us what to live in a constant state of 
of giving and gratitude and thanksgiving. And we got to constantly, you know, guard our heart. We got to constantly examine ourselves. We got to constantly be intentional about making thanksgiving and gratitude a daily practice, a daily part of our life, okay? And again, I just gave you some things. We, we do this by remembering, by reflecting, and by rehearsing, okay? Um, so I hope you guys got something out of that. As we wrap up, let me just go ahead and share with you a prayer I wrote down as I was putting this together. And here it is, and this is what I want to leave you guys with. Lord, help us to remember your goodness in our life. Help us not to allow the discomfort of life's sorrows to cause us to forget your forgiveness, deliverance, divine moments of intervention, and or your mercy, unfailing love, and faithfulness in our lives. Every day, help us to say thank you. Fill our lips with praise, our hearts with adoration. Help us to choose gratitude over murmuring and complaining. Where there is thankfulness, there is joy. Complaining hardens our heart towards you, Lord, and it causes uh, the character of God to be distorted and mischaracterized and misconstrued. Help us not to allow complaining and murmuring to have a front row seat, an audience uh, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So that's a little bit (laughs) um, that I wanted to share with you today. And as we go through the holidays, you know, Let's not mourn what we don't have to give. Let's not mourn what we don't have to give, but look at look at what we already possess and how can we pay it forward? How can we be a blessing to someone else in this season? How can we not make it just about us and about what we're going to get? But let's make it about what we can give. Okay. Um, So from my heart to yours, (laughs) um, you guys be blessed. And I hope something I said has resonated with you, has stirred your heart, um, provided you some understanding and introspection. And thank you again so much for tuning in. This is your host, Debbie Harris with In High Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. You guys, be blessed.